This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, and we're expanding our way into episode number 31. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I'm bringing you the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast for today. Today, we are going to be talking about your awesome pelvis. Now, that might sound a little bit weird, or maybe it sounds a little boring, but I find it really interesting, and I think once you hear me talk about it, you'll find it pretty interesting, too. I wanted to make one announcement before I dive into things today. And that is that I am working on making the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast a weekly podcast. Right now, it's bi-weekly, and actually over the past couple of months, I haven't really been good about getting it out every other week. But I sat down, I've thought of a bunch of topics, I got a lot of feedback from listeners just like you about what you wanted to hear about. I've been studying, learning, growing as a mother, growing as a birth junkie or whatever you want to call me in that regard. But, uh, but you know, everything birth and babies is what I love and what I study. And I've got so much that I want to share. And I've heard so much from you about what you want to hear. So I think that going to once a week is a great way for me to touch you and get you more of the information that you want on your parenting journey, your pregnancy, uh, when you're pre- preparing for your baby's birth, when you're parenting your baby, when you're mothering, when you're fathering. All of those things. Uh, This is information that's interesting and good to know. So I hope that you are going to enjoy it. And I'm really looking forward to trying out the once a week format over the next few months and seeing how that does for you and the kind of response that, that I get for that. Remember, you can always send me feedback, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Otherwise, there's not too much going on, not a lot of shakeup in the birth world like there was Uh, When I put out a podcast about a month ago, there was a lot going on. It's a little quieter right now. I think the biggest thing that's been a hit is a photo shoot that a birth photographer staged where she set up a whole bunch of Barbie and Ken dolls and babies and, and pretended like Barbie was having a home birth. And I thought it was really cute and funny, and I linked to it on Natural Birth and Baby Care's Facebook page. And... Everybody just went crazy sharing it. I don't think I've ever had anything that got reshared more than that, which might be sad if you think about it, that Barbie's home birth got reshared more than some other things that may be more vital to life. But at the same time, I really, I think it's great. I'm not a Barbie fan myself. I didn't like Barbie as a kid, and we don't have any Barbies in the house for our girls. Um, And I really don't think that Barbie is a great role model, but I know that she's iconic for a lot of women for a lot of little girls and seeing this uh, photographer's creativity and setting up a natural home birth situation for Barbie and Ken was really kind of fabulous and I really liked it and I could tell that my page liked it. I'll put a link to the post on Natural Birth and Baby Care's Facebook page in the show notes of this episode. You can also, if you're not a fan on Facebook, you can go ahead and hop over there. It's facebook.com slash naturalbirthandbabycare. And 
I try and share links to things like birth videos that I enjoy. I share links to the latest things that I put on natural birth and baby care itself. I share links to articles of interest. Sometimes I ask questions just to generate conversation or to find out what you want to hear about. So I would encourage you to join me over there if you haven't yet. Okay, enough about Barbie and Ken. Let's move on to the topic of today's podcast. Again, what I wanted to talk to you about is the pelvis. I think that the pelvis is a structure in our body that we take for granted. We take it for granted in birth. We also have a lot of misconceptions about it. And my hope is that by talking to you about this, it will help you not only clear up any misunderstandings and maybe foster a little bit of appreciation for your pelvis, but it will also help you to understand just how amazingly this bone works during pregnancy and during birth. Before I really jump into things too much, I want to let you know that I have Corwin in here playing with me, so you're probably hearing him in the background uh, messing with things and making noise, and I apologize in advance if there's thuds or squeals or anything like that. On to other things. So the pelvis. First of all, when we think about our pelvis, we often think about our hip bones, and then that's the pelvis. Or you've heard comments about she has those birth and hips, and, and that's what you think about the pelvis, and really we don't think any more than that. The pelvis is actually a lot more complex than that, and it's a good thing. When you think of the pelvis and you think of birth and hips and hip bones, that's actually very misleading. Those two big bones that poke out at your hips are part of the pelvis, but they don't really have any bearing at all on pregnancy and childbirth. During pregnancy, they do help to support the uterus a bit, but otherwise, they don't make that much of a difference in your baby navigating birth. When I go over the pelvis a little bit more and come back to how you can use this information, I'll talk to you about some techniques that can be used during, say, a slow labor or labor where the baby really wants to turn and he or she is having trouble. And there's a time that those hip bones can be useful then because compression on those hip bones can actually help open up areas further down the pelvis. But the baby doesn't have to navigate through those bones. In fact, in obstetrics, that's called the false pelvis. So if you hear a doctor or a midwife refer to the false pelvis, that's what they're talking about is, is the hip bones and the basin that's created by them. The pelvis is also more complex than just bones. The pelvis is talking about everything in that area. So there's the bones of the pelvis and then there's also tissues and ligaments and there's all kinds of stuff going on down there. There's the urethra which is where you release urine and then there's the vagina or the birth canal uh, which is where you are during lovemaking and where things are going on when your baby's being born. And then there's uh, the anus which is the entrance to the rectum which of course is where you poo from. So there's a lot going on down there with all these tissues and all these different openings. And, and the pelvic floor is part of the pelvis. So the, those tissues and things are commonly thought of as the pelvic floor. And all of these things work together. They're all attached. So why talk about this? 
One of the reasons is because when we think about the pelvis, we often think about it being a very solid, very static structure, if we even think about it at all. First of all, it's something that's there grounding the entire top part of our body, and our legs are, are kind of hinged off of it, and it's the support cradle of the entire body. Uh, but So we take it for granted in that it's always there, always working for us. It's more complex, and it's valuable to know about. Now, I never really thought about my pelvis in my first few pregnancies. I did understand, because I had read about it, that the pelvis can, can get bigger based on the position of your body. So I knew that squatting is a way that a lot of women use uh, to enlarge their pelvis and make it easier for the baby to come out. I didn't really understand much about the pelvis other than that. Since that time, it was actually af right after I had had my third baby, and I discovered a resource which is still one of my highest recommendations, and I even recommend that mamas who are taking my childbirth classes supplement their, their lessons with this, and that's the Pink Kit. The Pink Kit is a pretty unique collection of birth skills. It's, it's information on how to work with your body and your baby during birth, and it's really beautiful. And I won't go on and on about it right here. Maybe sometime I'll bring one of the members of the Common Knowledge Trust, which is the charity that creates the Pink Kit. Maybe sometime I'll bring one of their members onto the show to do an interview for you, and we'll talk more about it then. But one of the things that it covers is information about the pelvis. And I had not really thought about it until I read that information. And when I did, it was just, it was really cool. So one of the sections of the pink kit is called the bony structure. And then there's also another section talking about the soft tissues of the pelvis. It talks about how the baby has to navigate through that, not in a sense to make you overwhelmed or make you feel like, oh my goodness, this is possible. How does anybody get born? But in the sense of thinking about, wow, this is what happens, this is what my baby does, and this is what I can do to assist that. And this is what nature or God or whomever you think designed the process of birth already designed into things, already designed to work. So we talked about your false pelvis, what's the true pelvis? And the pink kit talks about it in the Bony Structure book. If you feel on the front of your body, so you can feel the hard bone, um, just under where your pubic hair is at is about where it is. You can feel that that hard bone there. And then in the back, if you feel around the back and you feel where your tailbone is, then you get kind of an idea of the general boundaries of the true pelvis. The, the pubic bone in the front is definitely one of the boundaries. And the the tailbone in the back, your tailbone is actually called your coccyx, and the, the very tip of that uh, comes into play, and, and it's actually flexible. That's one of the cool things that the pink kit taught me that I didn't know. It actually can flex back with your baby's head as your baby's head moves through it, and then your baby's head actually kind of goes around a curve because you're True pelvis is a curve, so it moves to the coccyx and then down through your bones. And the pubic bone is in the front, and then you've got other bones in the back that are part of your pelvis. So your pelvis is not actually a fused structure. 
when you think about the pelvis and you think about pictures of it, you probably see it as being just one bony ring. But that's not the case. It, well, it's actually a bunch of different bones because in infancy, so the, the iliac crest and the ilium, those are the big bones that form the top of the pelvis. But that's, that's not the only bone in there. There's actually other things, the pubis and the ischium. The ischial spines are also called your sits bones, so those are the bones that you sit on. When you're a baby, these bones are not fused together. There's actually cartilage that mm -hmm. attaches those, sort of like the soft spots or the fontanelles on your baby's head. You know how the skull bones are not fused completely. And the pelvic bones are a lot like that. In fact, they don't, the pelvis doesn't continue or finish developing until the late teens and even early 20s and the fusion of those bones is still continuing and even after those big bones are fused there are still areas where there's cartilage and joints that are flexible so the at the front of the pubic bone there's actually a section of cartilage and if you experience pain there mm -hmm. during a pregnancy it's because pregnancy hormones like progesterone and relaxin is the principal one. They actually soften the cartilage all over the body and especially in the pelvic area and it can cause pain for some women. I've had pain there myself. And then in the back where you felt your tailbone a minute ago, there's a wedge-shaped bone there where the last few vertebra of the spinal column are going down and attaching to what's called the sacrum. And then the coccyx is at the very tip of that. And that is that is actually its own independent part. The sacrum coccyx is a, its independent part of the pelvis. And it's attached to the other bony structures via ligaments and joints. And the sacrum is actually flexible. So during birth, your bones are not, it's not a static, solid structure. It's a moving, mobile structure. That's really important to remember when you're giving birth to your baby or when you're preparing to give birth to your baby. Things like what I read about early in my baby having career, where I read about the fact that squatting can help open a woman up, are nodding their heads towards that incredible flexibility of the pelvis. The fact that when many women squat, you do open up things because there's different ways to squat so it really depends and this is when you squat tailbone moves back and out of the way and it helps create a more open space helping bring those pelvic bones apart and it also lines up the the true pelvis that inlet where I told you the baby's head kinda takes a curve around and it helps make it a little bit more straightforward so you're actually changing the shape of your pelvis on the fly and all of those pregnancy hormones and then the hormones of labor and birth are also helping with that process because the, the head of the little one is moving down through an area that's greatly increased and your baby has intelligence too and he or she helps to navigate down through that in the best way and you can listen to your body and your baby and help him or her move. So what I tell my students and this is this is something that I originally learned from the pink kit is, is awareness. And I don't remember if the pink kit put it like this, 
but they do talk about experimenting with lots of different positions and I like to call it just becoming aware on a day-to-day -day basis it, just anytime you think about it throughout the day you don't have to be obsessive about it obviously but anytime you think about it throughout your day think about does this position make me feel open so focus on your sits bones for a minute just focus on how they're connecting to the chair if you're sitting down if you're driving your car while you're listening to this or if you're sitting at the office think about it do my sits bones feel like they're closed together or do they feel like they're more open just develop cultivate that awareness and think when I squat down do I feel more open do I feel more closed if you're up running right now or taking a walk or you're cooking in the kitchen or you're sweeping the house think about how that feels think about how it feels when you move your legs in different ways one of my favorite ways during pregnancy was always to uh, squat in the shower or stand in the shower or put my leg up on the side of the tub just experimenting with what felt more open to me or if I was having a bath kind of scooting around in the bath I'm sure that anybody who saw me would have thought I looked really funny but when you're getting close to the end of your pregnancy you're thinking more about how is this baby gonna get out and not quite so much I'm gonna look really funny to everybody so it was okay anyways just just scooting around and figuring out and it doesn't even have to be anything as obvious as that if you're around other people or if you're out front or sitting at the kitchen table or whatever you can still be thinking to yourself oh this position makes me feel particularly open and relaxed or man I feel really uptight in this position and I feel completely closed up so cultivate that awareness and it can even be something as subtle this is what I started to say about the squatting earlier as when you squat when you sit down for a squat or when you squat down do you poke your tailbone out and back so that your back has a nice arch towards the front in it like you're lengthening your spine out and taking a good stretch as you're squatting down that flares your pelvis back and out lines things up moves the coccyx back or you can squat down with your back kinda slumped and slouched and your pelvis tucks under and then you're not so much open so there's different kinds of squatting and I think this is really interesting because the pink kit talks about all of this and they actually have a video in with the pink kit where you're walked through all kinds of different positions to figure out what makes you feel open and what makes you feel closed I really love that feature and one of the things that they talk about is that squatting doesn't open up every single woman it's not universal and I sometimes wonder does it depend on how the woman is squatting or not but that's a little tangent and a little wonder of my own so it, it's really good information to understand how your pelvis can open up and how your pelvis can accommodate the baby I also talked a little bit about the soft pelvis when we started the discussion and it's important to remember that too because those ligaments and the musculature in there are very much part of your pelvis and you very much have an influence on those too you can stay aware of those things throughout pregnancy as well as what's actually going on with the bones of your pelvis and these are all things that you're probably going to notice more and more as you're getting closer to your baby's birth the hormones and things are really doing their work and you also are really feeling a strong urge to prepare for birth but even now if you're just preparing for another pregnancy or if you're early in pregnancy you can experiment with these things for instance you can do kegels and feel how that tightens up all the musculature of the pelvis 
and then you can go the opposite direction and totally relax and feel those things open. The pink kit goes into a lot of this too and it also goes into what they call the internal work which is it's more in depth than perennial massage and I think that it, I don't think that perennial massage has a lot of benefits but I think that the internal work does and again this is something that I could do in a complete podcast episode on so I won't go into it in detail but the internal work essentially develops your awareness of all the tissues and ligaments in that area and gives you an opportunity to practice control of those areas I think it's important to realize that even though there some of that is involuntary the ligaments and things are involuntary and your bones are a bit involuntary you can go a long way towards realizing just how something like positioning and just how something like learning to relax those tissues consciously can make a big difference in giving you control over those things. I mentioned also earlier that there are things that you can do excuse me, during your birthing time that will help you to create more room in the pelvis. So another thing that you can do right now is put your fingers together tightly, your thumb and your forefinger together as tight as you can and then just try and move them. It's pretty hard isn't it? But I want you to let up the pressure just a little bit and then try and let those fingers slide. They slide over each other don't they? And you really didn't even let up the pressure that much. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because even loosening things up just that little bit can help your baby's head slide down and through your pelvis. We're not talking about massive monumental movement here. I mean, we're not talking about huge tectonic shifts or anything. We're talking about small movements that make a big difference in your pelvis. So the pink kit talks about one thing called the hip lift. and. I actually liked the hip lift while I was pregnant with Galen because I had some hip pain and if Scott did the hip lift it would relieve the pain. But, but what that is, is you literally, your partner, your doula, your husband, whomever it is that's helping you takes and pushes on one of those big bones, the iliac crest, which is the hip bones, the false pelvis, and then at the same time they gently pull up a bit on the on the tailbone and this this actually helps create a little bit of room in the pelvis another thing that many midwives have noticed is that if you push on the hip bones have somebody push on either side some women use a shawl like a rebozo others just use their hands to push in it works almost like a clothespin so when you push in on those big iliac crests, the hip bones, it helps to create more room in the lower pelvis, almost like you're opening it up a little bit as if you were to push on a clothespin. It's really very cool to think about, and it's really cool to think about the fact that little techniques like that can make such a big, big difference. And getting up, moving, working with your baby's position, being aware of the things that you're feeling, those sorts of things can really help you help your baby navigate down through your bones and your pelvis as solid and as sturdy as it is for you on a day-to-day -day basis is a really an awesome 
and malleable structure in your body. It's not fixed. It's not rigid. It's, it moves and grooves with you and your baby as you do the dance, the work, whatever you want to call giving birth. Uh, as you do that dance of birth, it moves and it works with you. And your awareness of this during pregnancy can help you enhance that experience and help you get used to listening to what your body's saying so that you and your baby can work together to be born. Okay, I think that's about all I have about the pelvis for now. I will be sure to include some more information in the show notes for you about the pink kit and and just about other things having to do with the pelvis. And of course, I'll include a link to Barbie's home birth photo journal so that you can check that out too. Remember, I love it when you leave me a rating on iTunes or in any of the other podcast uh, directories like Stitcher. Leave me a rating, leave comments, and you can always email me, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Remember, if you would like to sign up for my mini birthing class, you're welcome to do that at trustbirth101.com. And I've actually just created an additional workbook to go with that so that you can really dig into the, the birthing classes and go through the little mini workbook to help you get yourself ready for birth with confidence, to help you explore your thoughts and your feelings, to help you stay physically healthy so that you have a strong and healthy baby and so that your birthing time goes smoothly and wonderfully. Again, that's Trust Birth 101. I look forward to hearing from you, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.